0: My friends, welcome back. This is episode number 267, and I would like to start by saying a huge thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Thank you for listening, but also just a gigantic thank you to everyone who's taken the time to post a review. It means the world to me. It's helpful to the podcast, and I just love reading what you share. Also, a huge thank you to everyone who takes the time to send me a message. Maybe Via email, support at com or via Instagram. I'm Corey Little Coach there and I get wonderful messages from you. I always love hearing from you. And as you know, I've been telling you on recent episodes, I always love to hear what you're interested in. Hey, Cory, what about this? Do an episode on this. I've always wondered this. I have a specific question. Will you answer this? Send those to me. Send those to me via email or send those to me on Instagram and I would love to address Whatever it is, is on your mind in this whole diet weight loss world, okay? Okay, now, today, this episode is going to be a little bit different, but I think it has some really powerful points. I got to thinking, like, you know, some of you might feel like you know me pretty well. Maybe you've been listening to this podcast for a while, and then maybe for some of the rest of you, I'm just like that nutrition guy or that weight loss guy that you stumbled across on the internet, and I can't help but think that some of you might like to know how I wound up here, like, how I wound up doing what I do, like, who is this guy, Why does he teach what he teaches and believes what he believes? And like, why do I promote the principles and strategies that I use? Because some of it's a little counterintuitive, right? Some of it's a little different than what you'll hear in most of the diet and weight loss industry. So today I'd like to tell you the quick version of how I got here and why it matters to you, why I believe this is very important to you and can really help you on your journey. I want this to be kind of like you and I sitting down together at a coffee shop. You know, hey, let's get to know each other a little better and well, I would love to hear that version of you. I uh, obviously can't do that, right? This is a podcast, so I'm just going to tell you the version for me. It's kind of like if any of you are on Instagram and you see where, you know, different coaches or influencers or trainers, they'll say, hey, just want to reintroduce myself or any of the new followers. Well, I know some of you may be newer listeners, and I think I did an episode like this, gosh, 230 episodes ago or something like that. So I thought it was time for a new one, and it's kind of a little different. There's going to be some updates. So ready? Here we go. Let's get going. So I grew up in a really small town. Uh, I was raised on a little dirt road in the deep fried south. I'm sure that my accent doesn't give that away at all. (laughs) Around these parts, I really don't have a strong accent. But if you're not from around here, I'm sure I really do. But like so many people, I was not taught how to eat healthy growing up. As a matter of fact, I was raised on really traditional southern home cooking, like southern soul food, cornbread, biscuits, buttery casserole, sweet tea, and we had a lot of fast food and everything was fried, right? Fried this, fried that. If you could fry it, we were going to fry it. And then we drank a lot of soft drinks. When you're from Georgia, by the way, like Coca-Cola, some of you may know, Coca-Cola was founded in Georgia. The headquarters is in Georgia. You just refer to all soft drinks as Coke. It's not pop or soda or soft drinks, just Coke. (laughs) Just a little side note. Anyways, looking back, I came from an incredibly loving family, but honestly, even when my family made attempts to eat healthy, they really didn't know what they were doing. My family loved food, as probably your family does, right? It's not uncommon. We love food, and most of us use any and every special occasion to eat food, to indulge, and that's how it was for me growing up. Someone had a baby, we're eating. Someone died, we're eating. (laughs) Literally everything circled around food it didn't matter the occasion food was the medicine to treat any sickness or hardship and it was also used to celebrate anything special or good that happened and looking back i I realized just how much food was also used for pleasure we were a hard-working primarily blue-collar family work was the physical activity so why in the world would we exercise that's like deliberately doing more work for no good reason So there was no intentional exercise and a good bit of relying on food for a lot of pleasure and enjoyment in life, which isn't necessarily a terrible thing, but looking back, it was probably a bit unbalanced. Anyway, my point is this. I wasn't raised eating organic tofu and doing wilderness yoga retreats. And if that's you, that's amazing, and I'm so happy you're listening, but that's not how I was raised. I'm a real person, guys. I'm not some weirdo nutrition robot. And if I had to guess, you and I are probably pretty similar, and we maybe even had similar upbringings. So how in the world did I end up here, right? How in the world did I end up teaching people how to lose weight and talking about all of this stuff like, if you want to change your body, you must first change your brain. Well, if we shoot back to high school, I was somewhat of an athlete. I was a very average athlete. I played sports and... I was always very average. I was good enough to make the team and play a little, but not really stand out or be any sort of superstar player. Basketball was was my thing. Basketball was my jam. It was my first love. I was a little obsessed, and I would practice for hours and hours and hours, and that's what got me good enough to make the team, but but not good enough to do much else. And then basketball eventually, is. any of you know, who maybe you have a child or maybe this was you. If you played sports in high school, well, you're going to get slung into the weight room, right? You're going to do weight training to help with your sports. So I'll never forget being in eighth grade before I even got to high school. And I played for the eighth grade basketball team and they would bus us over to the high school after we finished school, after we finished middle school. At the end of the day, all of the basketball players would get on a bus and they would take us over to the high school where we would do weight training because our middle school didn't have a gym. Maybe middle schools do now. I don't know. But our middle school didn't have a gym, so they would bus us over to the high school where we would do weight training, and then our parents would pick us up from there, or the bus would take us home. I don't know. Anyways, that's in eighth grade, right? Fast forward ninth grade, tenth grade. My body really began to change. I'm sure part of that was puberty, but a large part of it was weight training. My body began to change, and it became it began to change more rapidly than a lot of the other guys who were doing weight training. So I wasn't great at basketball, but I was... Pretty good at changing my body, <laughs> and people would make comments. They would, "Man, Corey, wow, you, your bench, you've doubled your bench press. Wow, Corey, like your your arms have gotten really big, or your arms have gotten bigger, whatever." And so, eventually, it sunk in. Like, wow, I can, I have this ability to to work out and to to change my body. And so, around 16 years old, I left basketball behind and I totally devoted myself to bodybuilding. I was fascinated by and I totally fell in love with this sport. Now, for those of you that don't know, it's the same sport that Arnold Schwarzenegger competed in. It's just like a, basically a male beauty contest from the neck down. They don't care what your face looks like. It's just about what your body looks like. And the whole goal is to build as close to a perfect body as you can. You're basically trying to convert your body into this perfectly sculpted statue, like a, a living, breathing work of art. The only problem was I was from a dirt road in a tiny town where where everyone was blue-collar workers, and no one knew anything about bodybuilding. Heck, most people hadn't even heard of it. And let me remind you, this was around 1994. The internet was just kind of getting started. We certainly didn't have internet at home or even at my high school, and there was no such thing as Google. So I had to do things the old-school way. I read every book and magazine about bodybuilding that I could get my hands on. Thankfully, my mother was supportive, even though this probably seemed like a really odd sport, like a really weird sport. Little did she know at the time, she was her support led me to the career that I have now. So she would buy magazines for me to read. I would go to the local library, check out every book I could about bodybuilding and weightlifting and, and nearly everything eventually that I would see or read, it would say something like this, workouts are great, workouts are important, these workouts are good. But nutrition is the number one most important and most powerful thing when it comes to changing your body. Okay, so maybe I need to study more nutrition. So in no time, nutrition became my obsession. And I studied and read everything I could about nutrition. And I would kind of do real-life trial and error with myself or with friends, any friends that I could get to do it to see what worked and what didn't and what would help change my body. And then at the age of 17, I competed in my first bodybuilding contest. And I won. And not long after that, I received a sponsorship from a supplement and clothing company, and I was off to the races. I kept reading, kept experimenting and kept competing. And when all was said and done, I had competed for almost 15 years. I won a gold medal at the Junior Olympic Games. I won first place in a Junior World Championship. I did photo shoots for magazines. I was invited to be a guest poser across the Southeast. I was even on ESPN one time, (laughs) and I competed in two national championships as an adult. And in over a decade of competing, I never finished outside the top three. So I was really average with basketball and football and track and field. I was really kind of bad at track and field. But with bodybuilding, I excelled. I found something I was good at and I rocked it. And a lot of it was the knowledge that I gained and the discipline that I was able to exert as a 17-year-old, 20-year-old kid. Now, here's what's really crazy is in this day and age of coaches, now in 2023, we have coaches all over the place, coaches for everything you can imagine. But I never had a coach. And looking back, it would have been really nice, (laughs) if I'm honest, but coaching for bodybuilding just wasn't a thing back then, and I had no way to find one. Re- remember, there's no Google, there was no internet—at least that I had access to. So I had to figure it all out by myself. Now, in retrospect, this was a huge blessing and also a little bit of a curse. I'll explain it, but first, let's let's get to this formal education stuff. Like Corey, who, how, why do you, you read a bunch of magazines and books? Well, that's great, man. What what else? So going into college, my world consisted of two things: my faith and my fitness. I was either going into ministry or going to study something related to the human body and how it works. I could go on and on here, but long story short, after much prayer and thought, I decided to go the health and nutrition route. So Over the next six years, I completed degrees in allied health and nutrition science, and I became a certified trainer through two different organizations— so fresh out of college, when I started my career, I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to change people's lives, and I really thought I knew my stuff. And I kind of did in a lot of ways. So like, hang with me here, I'll explain. I not only knew like, the science behind nutrition and exercise, I not only knew what it took to change your body, I had actually done it for myself over and over again when I was competing in bodybuilding. And now it was time to help other people change their bodies. Great, I know how to do this, I got it. And when it came to leading other people to weight loss... I was kind of surprised to find that it was pretty hit or miss. I trained people. I wrote out their super detailed diets, and then some would really lock on and transform their body, and others would halfway do it and halfway get results, while others would struggle to ever really get started. Now, right here is maybe the most important part of this whole episode. This is what all of you People out there in the weight loss world who are not trainers, who are not nutritionists, need to realize there is kind of a path of becoming a trainer or fitness expert or weight loss expert, so, supposed expert. And you can clump me in with that, too. That's OK. There's a certain path of becoming this person, this entering into this profession. It typically starts when someone loves to work out. They enjoy it. I love working out. And then they achieve some level of success with their body. Maybe they're a bodybuilder or a figure competitor. Or maybe they just get a huge following on Instagram. Or maybe they were overweight and they lost a bunch of weight themselves. Whatever. They love working out. They develop a love for it. They start to do different workouts and learn. And then they achieve some sort of success themselves. Step three, they decide to make it a career or maybe just a side gig, especially nowadays. And in doing that, they try to teach people to do What they've done. Now, there's nothing horribly wrong with this, except that everyone's not you. Everyone's not me. And so if I'm trying to get everyone to do what I've done to prepare for a bodybuilding contest, that may not be the best approach. Everyone is not a fitness freak who loves working out. (laughs) And so... All of us, I'm included in this. I'm about to take you through this. We love working out. We achieve some level of success, so we decide to make it a career or the side gig, and then we try to teach people what we've done. We hand out way too complicated diet plans or just way oversimplified advice. It's either like exactly what to eat, what not to eat, and what time to do it, or it may just be something really oversimplified like, well, be sure to eat your protein after your workout and drink a bunch of water today, and that's not really that helpful either. It's typically the way too much, way too soon approach. And this just leads you, the potential client, the potential person that we're trying to help, it just leads you to overwhelm, burnout, struggle and struggle, and then you quit, and then you doubt yourself, and you think it's your fault because, hey, look at this person. Look at Corey. Look at whoever you're working with. They got it all together. They know what they're doing. Why can't I do this, right? Now, the trainer or coach probably knows a good bit about nutrition and exercise, just like I did, but they're stuck on physical results, and you really can't blame them because that's what people say they want. That's what you probably say that you want. Okay, I know what you want. I know how to do it, so let's do it. Like, here's your plan. Get motivated and get to work, and let me know if you have any questions. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. It's the same thing the diet industry does and has done for probably the past 30 years or more. And back then, in the early 2000s, I was doing it too. I was doing the exact same thing that probably 95% of coaches did and still do. The exact same thing the diet industry, the fitness industry still does to this day. It was some version of a totally overwhelming, do all of this and don't you dare eat that program with a good luck slap on the back coming from a fitness expert who really has no idea what it's like to be in your shoes. Because most fitness experts freaking love fitness. <laughs> they actually like to work out and they like eating healthy. At least most of the time. It's what they do and they've established it as their lifestyle. Now let's, let's flip this on its head. Imagine taking a fitness expert and trying to teach them the art of crocheting. Picking out different yarns, creating designs, and then sitting for hours while you stitch together some amazing creation. They might take to it and eventually like it, but they're probably gonna want to get up and move. I want to go work out and drink my protein smoothie and pump some of my favorite workout music. <laughs> Can you see it's it's the same thing just flip flopped so back then, my clients I would ask them to do this exact thing right to 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 basically do the opposite of what they were used to to read pages and pages of. Their new diet and workout plan. Study up, prepare, 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 and then go full throttle. And starting on Monday, you're basically changing every single thing that you do, you eat, and you drink all at once. It's almost like starting a whole new life on Monday, and then we wonder why we can't stick with it. Imagine that. But like I said earlier. If you start to pay attention, you'll see this everywhere. And if I had to guess, it's the same thing that you've tried over and over pretty much every time you've attempted to lose weight. It's basically some version of a white knuckle, change my whole life, hang in there as long as I can in order to get these results kind of experience. And sadly, the majority of the time, it's a recipe for failure. It just leaves you more discouraged and frustrated with that little negative voice in your head chirping at you, constantly telling you that you can't do it, that you know it won't work, that this time will be just like all of the others, that you might as well give up, and that you don't have what it takes. Okay, so here's a question. Why don't I do that anymore, (laughs) right? Like, why don't I do exactly what I did back in the 2000s and just try to keep people more motivated? Well, somewhere along the way, I got really disillusioned I got married and I wanted to have more of a life I was sick of like the extremes of bodybuilding discipline I had a back injury and a rare stomach infection that left me either nauseous or in pain nearly every time I ate something and then my workouts drastically changed because I was trying to not injure or re-injure my back and things weren't my perfect little bodybuilding world like they were when I was in my 20s and early 30s and overall My life was just changing and I wanted more balance. Like I said, I was married and you know, things were different. And I was tired of handing out super detailed diet plans and workout programs only to see about, I don't know, 40 to 50% of the people actually do them. And the sad part was is I knew it. I got to the place in my career where I was like, are they actually gonna do this? In my mind I was thinking, are they actually gonna put this into play? And if they do, how long is it gonna work? And that felt terrible. I didn't want to take people's money if they weren't even going to do it. And I was sick of being a motivation pimp. (laughs) Just doing all I could to keep my clients motivated to hit their goals at all costs. Like, what's the point of that? Just got to stay motivated. They come in, they messed up. It's okay. Get back on the horse today. Get back on the wagon. Just got to stay motivated. Listen, and then you got these motivational sayings and quotes that you would say to people. And it's like, good grief. This isn't sustainable. It's not sustainable for them, and it's wearing me out. I don't even like doing it. And I also would, over the years, would sit across from way too many people who had gotten to know me and formed a bond, and they would eventually open up, open up about their insecurities and how much they hated their body, about how many times they had tried to lose weight and failed, and how they had stood and looked in the mirror and maybe cried and just hated the way they looked. And how it impacted so many parts of their life, important parts of their life. And then I would sit across from someone else, someone different who was in a completely different place. They were ready to compete because since I had been a successful bodybuilder, I coached a lot of other bodybuilders and figure competitors, males and females. And these people were sitting across from me and they looked amazing, like a freaking superhero. And they would almost be in tears because they hated the tiny bit of fat that they still had around their midsection, which no other human on the planet would see. But they saw it, and they thought it was going to hold them back in their competition, Or they were just super stressed about the little tiny bit of fat on their thighs that no one else would see, but they were obsessed with. So I had people who were 30 40 or more pounds overweight coming to me crying and stressing because they were fat and just couldn't lose a weight and they hated their body. And I had people who barely had any body fat crying and stressing because they weren't lean enough and they hated their body. <laughs> Call me crazy. But maybe there's something deeper that we need to dig into here. I was 100% confident. I knew how to get results with nutrition and workouts, but what does that matter when a People either can't or won't do it, or B, people do it and still aren't happy about their amazing results. (laughs) So I decided to go back to the drawing board to question everything I'd been taught, everything I did, and everything that was supposed to work. I was determined to figure out a better way to figure out what really works, not just for bodybuilders, but for real people. I had to answer the questions like, how do I teach real everyday people to lose weight while still having a life? How do I teach them to lose weight and become super healthy without being in diet prison and without killing themselves with unsustainable workouts? How do I make losing weight as simple and doable and sustainable as possible for people who are busy living life and who have struggled with weight loss in the past? And then maybe the biggest change and challenge for me was, is that my focus shifted from hardcore deep nutrition science and exercise physiology to You might be able to guess it (laughs) to the brain, which if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, this is no surprise, right? I realized, I finally realized it didn't matter how much nutrition and exercise expertise I had. If I couldn't teach someone how to do it consistently and maintain it and how to find joy in the process and how to begin to love themselves and their body and how to repair their relationship with themselves and how to overcome what I started calling the bully in their brain, that little negative voice in our head that can often just be so horrible and so nonstop. If I can't do that, then what's the point? So just like I was obsessed with studying all the nutrition and exercise stuff when I was 17 and 18 and 20 and in that younger phase of life, just like that, I became obsessed with the mental stuff. I studied psychology. I studied what's behind our behaviors and how to change habits. I studied how our brain works and, thoughts and feelings and how all these things intertwine I studied what the Bible says about our mind and changing how we think and act I studied why some people are successful with weight loss or really anything in life for that matter and then why others fell over and over again and struggled to get get a footing and achieve any success at all I consulted with medical doctors with psychologists with researchers and therapists and counselors. I read hundreds of articles and books and I listened to any podcast episode that seemed to fit what I wanted to learn. And I did a lot of observing, (laughs) just observing, watching people, paying attention, other clients in the gym, other people in the gym, friends, just people in general. I just watched and paid attention and I began coaching people eventually totally different. And I would often receive some major pushback. And ironically, people (laughs) wanted or thought they wanted the very thing that was totally sabotaging them. They wanted a super detailed diet plan and workout program. And people still to this day contact me for that. But I stuck to my guns then and I definitely stick to my guns now. You may think you want that, but it does not work. Trust me. So are you willing to try a different approach? That was my response back then and that's still my response now. And eventually I saw more and more how perfectionism, all or nothing, and a lack of emotional regulation all would come together to form this toxic mix, this toxic recipe that keeps sending people down the same crappy weight loss path that unfortunately is truly self-defeating in so many ways. This experience leads us to some really crappy, life-altering things like Labeling food as good and bad, and then seeing ourselves as good or bad when we eat those foods. Seeing exercise as punishment or payment for what we ate or what we shouldn't have eaten. Totally spazzing out when we mess up and thinking we've got to start all over again and start fresh Monday. Eating one thing that's off plan, and then our brain jumps to, well, you've ruined the entire day. So you might as well have whatever you want for dinner and start fresh tomorrow. And then trying to use food. It's almost like medication to avoid certain emotions. Being horribly mean to ourselves about our body and our efforts. And then eventually developing a really broken relationship with ourselves. Eventually developing a pretty bad relationship with food and enjoyment of eating that is riddled with just tons of guilt, shame, and even embarrassment. And then a total disconnect from what we truly, really want from life. Subconsciously believing that achieving our goal weight will bring us a better life. It will fix our life. (laughs) All of those things come with this crappy, toxic, self-defeating approach to weight loss. They can come with that approach. I've seen it over and over. So now fast forward to today. Here I am in 2023 with over 20 years of experience coaching people. Some of those years were spent doing it the old way. But I'm thankful because without that, I would have never gotten here. I would have never pursued a new way. I have two degrees, three certifications, and a room full of bodybuilding trophies and bookshelves full of hundreds of books on nutrition and exercise and psychology and mindset. But really, so much of me is still that kid (laughs) that was raised in a family that loves food and like to use food for every celebration and for any grief and anything in between food family friends and the good things in life that's what i love and it breaks my heart that that is being robbed from so many people because of unhealthy weight loss practices and approaches there is a better way my friends i promise Looking back as I worked my way through the extreme discipline of bodybuilding and geeky nutrition stuff, and finally the super important and super powerful mental side of things, I feel like I've kind of become a hybrid of all of those, (laughs) a big mixture of all the different phases of my life. And I believe that's where my voice and message comes from. If you've been listening to this podcast, the messages you hear are a big conglomeration of all of those things. And it's why I'm passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. I don't believe in rigid, super strict diets or unsustainable workouts. I do believe that successful weight loss is all about embracing and celebrating food, not demonizing it, saying this is bad and this is good. And if you truly want to change your body and lose weight once and for all, nothing is more important than your brain. Changing how you think about your body and weight loss, and changing how you approach losing weight. And when you do it right, you feel better, you enjoy your life more, not less, and the weight loss is almost like a really cool side effect. Nothing makes me happier than using my years of experience to help open someone's eyes, to cut through all the crap out there, and teach people the truths. That I believe can be absolutely life changing. And this whole process, my whole journey, is exactly why I end every episode with this. My friends, there's so much more to you and your body than a number. And losing weight, it's really all about gaining. I'm signing off, my friends. I would, I wish we were at a coffee shop and I could hear more of your story. I would thoroughly enjoy that. That's the beauty of some of the things I get to do in the Inner Circle Coaching Group because we do interact like that on Zoom calls, and I get to hear about people's stories. I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope you'll share it with someone who might need to hear it. And until next time, much love, take care, God bless, bye-bye.